does the idea of standing in front of a huge audience with basically uh, dental floss up your rear end scare the crap out of you? Well, it definitely does me, but not enough to deter me from wanting to pursue it. And the reason being is that to me is the ultimate statement over the age of 50 that you can get into the best shape of your life. And that's how I found today's guest, Melissa Neal. She is a fitness influencer. And I actually found her on YouTube because I was trying to find videos for women, particularly over the age of 50, to help them get into bikini competition shape. Because it's not just showing up in a bikini, it's being absolutely ripped in a bikini. And having that great muscle definition, and after the age of 50, it becomes much more challenging. Melissa really breaks it down. While her professional background is in PR and communications, she became passionate about fitness and sculpting her physique at the age of 49. And this led to her taking part in several bikini competitions at the age of 52. She went on to pick up two pro cards and five placings in 2021, and that includes two wins. Well, the fact is, she is such an inspiration. She looks amazing. She is amazing. And she's helping women all over the world. By the way, she's in the UK. She's helping them all over the world reach their body goals and maintain a healthy lifestyle with the message that age is not a barrier. I love it, and I am so on board. In today's episode, we talk about burning fat, building muscle, getting your hormones in check, And whether or not you want to put on a skimpy bikini and stand in front of a lot of people on a stage, it really doesn't matter. But if you want to get in the best shape of your life, this will make a whole lot of sense. Excited to dive into today's episode and make sure you grab Melissa's free seven-day program. That's in her app, Body by Bikini. And you can find that in the App Store on iPhone and Android. Let's dive in. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork? Yeah. First of all, I want to say I stalked you. Okay. I I went on YouTube because I've been in the fitness world for a long time. You know, I was um, a cyclist growing up. I played club soccer. Um, I did gymnastics for a small period of time. Like I've always been an athlete of some sort, but something happened like in the last two years, you know, COVID hit menopause or perimenopause. I'm not menopausal yet, but it just, everything changed in me. And I started collecting fat in my lower belly where I never really had issues before. Like I just felt, and I had been reading, like with some women, it happens literally, like they feel it happens overnight. I felt it happened overnight. And so in my desire to want to get ready for this competition, I found you, you were really the only person that I could find 
out there that was providing great content for women over 50 wanting to do this very grueling preparation for bikini contest. And let me just preface, it's not getting up there and strutting around in a little bikini, it's being muscular at the same time and lean in addition to having that kind of body confidence and you just rocked it. So thank you for putting that really quality content out there and your message. But, you know, I, I would love to know what was that pivot point for you that you shared? And I, I know you've had a long journey, but maybe you can just share with our listeners what brought you to that point where you were just like, okay, I'm going to do a bikini competition, knowing that this is going to be really challenging. And I don't want to say at our age, but it is at our age, there are a whole host of things working against us that we have to swim against in addition to the grueling preparation. Yeah, I mean, I think I've always been all my life, but I was just born in the wrong time, really drawn to women, females with muscular bodies. I've always sort of thought, oh, that's kind of, I've liked the look of athleticism. But I'm not like you, I don't have an athletics background, so I haven't got a sports background, but I did sort of dabble in um, bodybuilding because I had a trainer at the time in my mid 30s I sort of had a bit of a go at it but I didn't really do the nutrition correctly because I wasn't really interested and focused enough to do the nutrition because you really as you've discovered you really need to do that to achieve that kind of physique and so when I did start on my fitness journey, so I started on my fitness journey because I was actually really depressed and going through marriage breakdown. And it just it was a way to help me out of that, give me a focus and sort of do something that I could just really focus off and take my mind off things. And, you know, exercise is a fantastic healer for both kind of physical and mental kind of health issues. It's going to be a fantastic for healer. So that's how I started off. And then I remember a friend showing me a picture of hers where she and I was doing CrossFit at the time. And she said, oh, you don't want to do that. What you want to do is do this. And you get up on stage and sort of put this sparkling bikini on. And she showed me this picture of her doing it. And I thought, well, yeah, that looks really good. And I kind of filed it to the back of my mind because I guess you were like this as well, Maria, where you just sort of think, well, that's probably, that's okay for them. It might not be okay for me. But at the time, I didn't know that how difficult it was. I just sort of thought, well, that's for other people that have got, you know, a regular fitness background because she was actually a trainer she actually does, you know, she now does sort of powerlifting competitions, but she's kind yeah. of always done that kind of stuff. And I just thought, well, that's for other people. They do that. But, you know, I, I don't think that's for me because that's for somebody who's got that background. And I just sort of filed it to the back of my mind. And as I progressed on, but if you know my story, you'll know that I had a lot of failure, two and a half years of failure where I wasn't, I was like you, I had the belly fat and it was just not going. I managed to kind of lose, lose some weight, but it was kind of all in the wrong places. I had the belly fat. And then I just kind of got this urge to sculpt my body. And as I said, I've always gra gravitated. Sorry, 
I couldn't hear. Sorry, that's my watch talking back at me. So I've always <laughs> gravitated towards muscular women. Yeah. And it, it was just an extension of that. And I thought, you know, I want to do these competitions. So I'm going to start training in the preparation, training and eating well in the preparation that I'm going to do that in the future. I want to get up on stage and sort of put myself through that through that process of um, getting up on stage. You know, it sounds all very glamorous, doesn't it? Getting up on stage, yeah. but going through the process and actually pushing my body to the limit and getting in that sort of shape. Because I just thought, you know, I've done half marathons before, um, you know, some of the sort of physical challenges. But I just thought that for me is like the pinnacle of yeah. what you can achieve if you're into the sort of bodybuilding, muscular kind of development, that would be the pinnacle, wouldn't it, of what you can sort yeah. of achieve. At the time, once I started to get older, it actually got really popularised. When did you start, Melissa, just to kind of get a frame of reference, like how many years ago? So I've been sort of really doing what I've been doing for six years, so it's 49 years old. So, you know, it's quite a number of years. So I think that's the thing to sort of recognise is that people look at me and they go, oh, I want to look like you. How long is it going to take? Yeah. And it's hard to put on muscle, as you found out, Maria, because when you're older, it does. It's really, you know, I'm completely natural. You know, you know, people that you see sometimes on social media that look like they've done it really quickly. It's often because they take performance enhancing drugs. Yes. If you're natural and you're doing it and you're over 45 or over 50 like us, it's going to take time and it's going to take patience. It doesn't happen overnight. And the other thing is, is you need to eat adequately. So although you're going into like a big deficit at the moment because you're two weeks out, when you're building muscle, you actually have to eat quite a lot of food. And you have, and many women are not comfortable with that. They're not comfortable with seeing the scale go up. So I had to see the scale go up to get to where I am now. Yeah. And they're not comfortable with actually eating more food I eat quite a lot of food and I eat a lot of carbohydrate and many people many women you know they come on my programs and they're like the first thing they say often when they come on my programs is I cannot eat all that food because they're expecting to lose body fat is that you've got to sort of Lose you know, eat less food in, and eat very small amounts of food. And I talk about this on my YouTube channel a lot. You actually need to eat more than you think. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I, 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 I think this is a very difficult thing for women to kind of wrap their heads around because we've been so conditioned, right, that it's, you know, almost like a starvation diet in order to lose weight. I actually was in, um, I was at a, an appointment with my son, he was at the dentist and I was sitting there and a woman, you know, it's, it, my heart broke for her. She was very, very overweight. And she just started talking to me. I unprompted about diet and, you know, um, started asking me questions and explained some of the, the things that hadn't worked for her. And I asked her one simple question, I said, well, how often do you eat and what do you eat? You know, maybe just share with me a little bit about that. And she said, I eat when I'm hungry. And I said, well, but how often are you hungry? 
And she's like, well, you know, today I had a piece of avocado toast and it was 3.30 in the afternoon. And I just thought to myself, you know, we, we have to retrain people to understand that you cannot lose weight if your body is in starvation mode all the time. Your body will just get used to that. So um, it sounds like part of what you're doing too on your journey and, and your programs, and we'll get into your programs um, in a little bit, is just teaching women how not only to exercise, but really to feed themselves. That's right. And they often come to something like this because they're sort of they've tried everything else. Yeah. So they come to my channel and then it's like, oh, actually, you've got to eat more food, but they've potentially also we've already got uh, your our metabolism is waning at this age. Yeah. But what that's done when they've taken either they've gone on these, you know, these low carb diets or very low calories. When I say low calories, I mean under 1300 calories or they've done. I'm not a big fan of these sort of fasting, 24 hour fasting diets, because I think it's really difficult to get in the calories that you need. I think the sort of things like the 16, eight, that's OK. But if you're yeah. doing extreme fasting, you're, you're going to struggle to get in the calories you need. And so what I find is women come to me and they've 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 kind of they've got poor metabolism I wasn't say lost their metabolism but you don't you can bring it back that's the good news if you start eating properly and feeding your body fueling your body correctly for kind of working out but also getting through the day because when you're perimenopausal and menopausal you've got a lack of energy so the last thing you want is to cut the food right down because you're going to find you've got no energy for anything and what you want to do you want to at least be able to get out walking and exercise especially when we're sort of sedentary we're quite sedentary particularly since covid people have become much more sedentary so you want enough energy to be able to perform everything that you need to do the day i'm a great believer in getting steps in it doesn't have to be walking it could be just doing your chores or dancing around just being active you know you're going to sort of get that you know you're going to burn more calories but if you're taking your calories so low you're never going to have the energy to get through the day and it's really challenging at this age just on a day-to-day -day basis isn't it you might have had a bad night's sleep you've got you've had the night sweats you've got hot flashes you, your energy levels are low because your hormones are in overdrive yeah. you know your you you your estrogen is decreasing and your body's trying to make more estrogen isn't it so everything's going on with your body so the last thing you need is taking your calories too low and i think you're right when people hit on my youtube channel it's probably it's going against everything they've learned about how to get in shape when you're older, because a lot of women, they're even told this by their doctors, well, what you need to do is take your calories lower. And I'm actually saying, and I've just recorded a YouTube video, is what you need to do is take your calories higher. And people find that quite a difficult pill to swallow, but it's getting, I think the message is getting out there. Definitely. Now, and I, and I, I think that coupled with, you know, weight training you know i really want to talk about this because i feel like naturally women are cardio bunnies for whatever reason we sort of get into this like cardio is everything um and i think there's some intimidation about weightlifting you know i think 
you go into the gym and you see all these, you know, people kind of hurling around weights, you know, and if you're just getting started, it's really intimidating to know what to do. Um, what, what, how did that kind of unfold for you? And what do you teach your, um, you know, your followers and, and the people that sign up for your programs, how to get started in that? Because I also see some pretty bad form that can cause injuries. So I, I feel like we need to guide people in the right way here. I, yeah, so I think for me personally, I've never feared putting on a bit of muscle because I've always been sort of drawn to sort of muscular physiques. And I think what's happened with women, I myself had a cardio background as well, mm -hmm. is they see the images of sort of the very big women on stage, sort of the figure ladies and some of the women that i'm not saying they all do this but some women will take performance enhancing drugs and they just look incredible don't they, they look like, like the figure, the, yeah the figure yeah. physique yeah and the figure physique is a very big kind of it's not it's not the biggest is it because there's physique as well but there's figure and their physique and they're very big so they sort of have this image their idea in their head if I do strength training, I'm going to look like that. When the reality of it is you can't look like that. You can't really look like that naturally. And you, you as an older woman, it's even more difficult to put on muscle. So you're just never going to look like that. Um, now, some women, they are naturally a bit more, they, they've got the sort of genes where they can put a bit more muscle on a bit easier than other women but for most most women they're never going to look like that they're never going to look so say bulky they call it bulky don't they yeah. and so yeah. you've got to sort of dispel that myth so i think with me that's why i do a lot of visual stuff so i've got my youtube channel and i've got my other social media channels because then they see what i look like and i've been really working hard to look like this yeah. i'm not bulky you know i i'm just what people would they would say oh you look toned oh you've got lovely toned legs they say well actually that's muscle it's muscle and so you know i did the whole cardio thing i did the running and lots and lots of cardio and and that's fine when you're young but when you're older it just doesn't serve you anymore it's not going to get you the results you want particularly when you're talking about your midsection and belly fat what's yeah. actually going to reduce your midsection is doing strength training and not particularly on your midsection actually with the rest of your body so you're building up muscle and that's going to change your body's metabolism which has we've lost metabolism through the aging process and so what what the muscle's going to do is actually enable your body to burn calories more easily and that's kind of what you want when you're older and the problem with cardio doing too much cardio is that can actually counteract your strength training and I get it that people really fear it and I kind of like on my YouTube channel I've got beginners workouts and you know I use resistance bands and body weight so that's a really good way of starting is actually resistance bands and body weights at home you don't need to step inside the gym and you know you can then progress on to sort of dumbbells and I actually developed some sort of workouts in the first um, stages of COVID because I didn't have very much equipment 
equipment at home and you couldn't buy it even if you know you could afford it you couldn't buy it it just wasn't available it wasn't available you're right and yeah. so you know you can use um quite you can get very good results with a minimal amount of equipment from home so i'm very much pro that i think when you get to a certain age if you're a couple of years in that's probably the time to step inside the gym but for women st starting out i'd advise doing it from home because it's much less intimidating you can get your form right you can sort of you know you can, it's really accessible because you can just do it either within your working day if you work from home or get up early in the morning do it then and then you've just kind of got it done and you know you can use follow along videos on my channels like my youtube channels you can buy workouts you know there's a ton of stuff available to you now to actually do some sort of strength training and get that right and then maybe later down the line when you kind of got you know a bit better at it that's the time when you can kind of step in the gym and start sort of lifting a bit heavier and using varying your equipment and your sort of repertoire of of different exercises and i always tend to go for and you can still do this at home as you're starting out the main exercises that are really great for this stage in life are sort of things like your squats yeah. your deadlifts your push-ups you know you can do a push-up on a wall you do not have to start with a full military push-up on the floor um you've got or even on your knees yeah on your knees you know this is where people sort of fear it a bit because they think oh i can't do that but yeah. it's not you can't do it it's i i'm a great believer in saying you can't i can't do it yet so i couldn't do full body weight exercises until i was over 50. it's never too late as you found out yeah. maria to sort of actually start something new and just push yourself a little bit further and now i can kind of do dips full pull-ups which you know a lot of a lot of younger girls can't do but i've just been persistently you know actively practicing and getting better at it but when you start you can't you can't do all those things and that doesn't matter because what you're doing is you're building up your strength and you'll be able to the beauty of that is you can improve and get better over time so it's it's just the simple lifts the simple movements is executing those when you're when you're a beginner executing them and and then um focusing on the technique so when you're older what happens is you have problems with your joints do you have problems with your oh, joints well, i take msm and chondroitin um and i take a lot of collagen i actually tore my acl two years ago right when covid started and i opted out of the surgery and so I have been rehabbing my knee, um, but like right now I'm talking to you and I'm moving around because I'm so uncomfortable. Like my, everything hurts in my body right now. Like I can feel that inflammation, even though I'm really proactive in taking things for it. I just, I'm sore. <laughs> I'm sore, yeah. sore for my workouts. And yeah, the, the joints hurt for sure. I hear that a lot too. Have you ever wondered, is rinsing my produce with the water that comes out of the sink that I don't even drink enough to really clean it? 
well then you're one of the smartest people I know. Because you're absolutely right, it's not enough. That's why we created the only all natural and patented line of food wash and wipes. And it's called Eat Cleaner. It's tasteless, odorless, and lab tested. And it removes up to 99.9% of the residue that water can't, including pesticides, wax, soil, and junk that can carry bacteria that can really make you sick. Plus, we formulated it to help extend the shelf life of your fresh produce too. And that'll save you money. When your berries are lasting up to 10, 12 days, you know that's a good thing. It helps your produce last up to five times longer using a natural blend of fruit acids and antioxidants. So there's no chemicals, it's just clean, eating, fun. And this can help save your family an average of over $500 per year. Make it easy on yourself, reduce waste, and get that fruit and veggies into your body where it's gonna do you a lot of good and not in the trash. Check us out, eatcleaner.com or head to our Amazon store at amazon.com forward slash eat cleaner. One of the things as I kind of say to women is, you know, you've got to protect your joints. And so sometimes, you know, we're not aiming to go into the gym and do a massive power lift of a 200 pound squat. Yeah. Because that might be all right for a 20-year-old woman to sort of work their way up to that kind of level. But actually, we don't need to be doing that because there's lots of techniques that are going to give you progressive overload without having to damage your joints. Now, a really common one that women get that you just mentioned is problems with their knees. So I would say, well, if that exercise like a lunge does not serve you anymore, and I do this in my programs, give someone an alternative, you know, because the worst thing you can do, you need to gently get that those joints used to that sort of exercise. You might start off if you can manage it with no weight at all or holding your hands so you've got support or you might do something like a kickback instead because it's really important that you protect your joints because if your joints get so painful that you can't work out at all, the whole thing has been counterproductive, hasn't it? And then it's not necessary. Although I say to women, lift heavy, I say lift as heavy as you can without losing form. And if you're doing the form correctly, it might be that you take a slightly lighter weight. So you've got these guys, they come in the gym and they're like swinging their weight around. But what they're actually not doing is working the muscle. They're lifting the weight, which is very, very different. What we want to be doing to get that sort of it's called hypertrophy and like progressive overload is actually working the muscle. So that's like slow, controlled movements. And you know, isolating, I, right? I mean, really, yeah. like, I, I I see people kind of like hyperextending and and th- kind of thrusting and throwing, and it's like you're. You, my trainer taught me like the the resistance, the the lowering is just as much as the contraction. So Absolutely. really, getting in there and feeling the squeeze and taking your time because you know, we're, it's not a race. And I I really am glad that you said like, this has taken you years, you know, I think sometimes people see things and they're like, 
oh, I just read such and such, you know, Kardashian got, you know, she lost all this weight in three weeks for, you know, the red car. It's like, no, that's not normal. That's not normal life. And that's going to wreak havoc on your hormones. Like this is something that needs to happen over time. So take the time in your workouts to really get that muscle trained and isolated. He says to me, like, put it on an island, you know, so that you're just feeling that. That's right. So you've obviously got a very good trainer. And yeah, that's exactly right. So when you're doing the concentric part of the movement, which you might think that's the bit where you're actually not working the muscle, if you're doing it slowly, moving it down, if you're doing a bicep curl, and then you're moving it down to the bottom really slowly, that's also going to be really working the muscle. So I'm a big fan of that for for older women, you know, just, we just take our time. We, we get, we really focus on the form because if you're focusing on the form correctly, then you're going to be working the, the correct muscles and you're going to be avoiding injury because that's what you want to, you want to avoid injury at all costs. And then if anything's painful, you should be stopping because there's good pain, there's bad pain, there's muscular pain, and then there's joint pain and joint pain's bad. So if yeah. you feel anything feels off, you've just got to stop what you're doing because yeah. I, I, I think you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, an expert like you, um, someone that can show people how to do it the right way is really, really critical. You know, I, I'm kind of, when, when I go to the gym, uh, I see a lot of women, younger women, and I see you know, kind of, I'm starting to see more women like of my, you know, age bracket to older. And um, I, I'm encouraged by that. But what do you think it will take to people to get people just to, okay, they're, they're fine with the muscular physique, like they're good with the toning, they want that. But just to get over the intimidation of maybe being in a gym, and starting to work out like how do you help women just kind of get past their own heads in terms of intimidation in this fitness journey because like you said and even my own uh my posing coach you know she has been doing this for a really long time even she gets into her head you know when she's in her 30s like i think we all have this thing that tries to get in our way um that says we're not good enough or what are we doing here what who do we think we are like how do you even just kind of get past that piece that's a really interesting sort of question because one of the things i talk about a lot is kind of mindset and self-belief yeah and it was really transformative for me because i mentioned at the start that I didn't believe when I saw someone hold up a picture of herself in a sparkly bikini, I thought, oh, that's not really for me. That's good for them. People like that. I didn't think of myself as people like that, but people like that are everyone. You know, I wasn't particularly special when I started off. I was just like an ordinary woman, just an ordinary woman with not an athletics background or anything. And I just wanted to sort of push it a little bit further. So it is about changing your idea in terms of self-belief. And I think as women, 
we can hold ourselves back a little bit because we just don't have that confidence to think we're good enough. I, I used to think a lot of the time I wasn't good enough to do that. And then I, I just sort of switched a little bit. I think competing really helped me because I suddenly realised that the difference between me and other women that get up on stage was really about the mindset. And, you know, some people can have an advantage. They can have like better genes. They naturally look good. But I've met a lot of women on the competition circuit that the first years of competing, they weren't that brilliant, but they've come back year after year and they've just improved and they've kept on improving and they've got like amazing. And you, you'll find some of the top competitors are like this. And it's a lot about mindset because it's not... You, you know, there's always room for improvement and you can always be the best version of you, can't you? You can always get better and you can always be the best version of you, but it's going to take a certain type of mindset. And you mentioned about your own, you know, troubles with food at the moment to actually have the discipline, even if you're not getting up on stage, but you want to you want to look your best, you're going to have a little need to have a little bit of discipline about food. And so having that self belief and confidence yeah. that I am worth it, I am worth actually spending the time and trouble to doing my meal preparation. I am worth, you know, I want to maybe I'm going on vacation and I want to look good in a bikini, or I want to get that those pair of jeans from the back of the closet that I haven't worn for years, you know, you're actually worth it. You and, and the trouble is in this, the age group we're in, there's a lot of ageism mm. and people just think, you know, you should, and I get comments all over my social media that are very, very ageist. That really? You, should, you yes, do? I, yeah, I do. I've actually made a video about it because you know they'll be like get dressed grandma or um no way oh yeah, my get, gosh get and dressed, you grandma, so incredible. or why like, are you flaunting you... your clothes like that oh you've got a sagging face because wow the fact of the matter is people of my age in some people's eyes in a lot of people's eyes if you think about how hollywood works and what it's like for older women in hollywood i think that kind of permeates through the whole of society is that you shouldn't be you have a certain role and you should be taking a back seat and not you know be visibly sort of flaunting yourself and exposing yourself say in a bikini in a sparkly bikini on stage for example some people think that that's unacceptable and uh, yeah I did do a response video and showed all the clips of some of the comments that people made about me that that, that gonna, video I'm is actually gonna, gone I'm viral gonna, i'm gonna repost <laughs> your video um i i feel so strongly about this and i also address it on my instagram because you know look look at jlo i mean that woman is like you tell me that that discipline and that that spark that she had like performing at the halftime at the super like come on don't yeah. even like get me started on that because there are women in their 20s and there's no way they would be prepared mentally to be able to do that and her and Shakira went up there and freaking rocked it so I I think we do need to take that back 
and we need to be true to ourselves. You know, I think a lot of this, and whether you're getting on a side, I really want to address the, the women that are listening that are like, getting on a stage is not for me. Okay, that's fine. That has really nothing to do with this. It's more of acknowledging that you are worth it, that your well-being is part of this. It's not just vanity or aesthetics. It's actually preventing disease, um, preventing osteoporosis and heart disease, where, you know, I, I kind of saw something staggering. I actually have it with me. I went and got my body fat checked and they did this whole analysis. And on here, it says that women over 50, the average body fat is 23 to 35%. I mean, if, if that's average 35%, that's a third mm. of your body, you know, like that's a big percentage. And the problem there is it leads to heart disease. I lost my mother and my two grandmothers to stroke. Like to me, this goes way beyond the aesthetic. This is truly at the heart of the matter, no pun intended, but it is about preventing disease from overtaking your body. That's right. And when you go back to the belly fat, Maria, that's actually a problem as well, because unfortunately we do put on fat around our midsection at this stage in life. Yeah. But your health chances are going to be much. So this is why I encourage women to sort of forget about the scale and actually start measuring their waist. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at that as like the health marker, not how much they weigh on the scale. Even BMI is out of the window now. Yeah. And that's going yeah, to really BMI cool. doesn't take muscle into account. It's just a no. And it's based on white men as well, BMI. They've actually stopped using it at the health, World Health Organization because it doesn't take into sort of consideration sort of cultural differences. Yeah. And yeah. And then going back to what you said um, about the kind of, you know, looking after your health. So one of the things I encourage women to think about is not that it's selfish if you want to spend time on yourself. Yeah. So this is a real struggle because when I was married, I actually put everybody else first which, you know, if, if you go on my YouTube channel, you'll see my transformation pictures, but I looked very, very different to how I did do now. I have more body fat. I can't tell you what my body yeah, you look, you look, you look was. So, no, I got to tell you, you're, you're sorry not to interrupt you, but you look not just physically, but like in your face, your happiness, your joy. Um, it, it just radiates from you. And, and that, confidence really i'm sure is just intrinsic to how you've trans it's a metamorphosis really yeah so i transformed sort of psychologically to start off with before the the external transformation took place but one of the things was then is i put everybody else before me so my needs became last in the whole family and this is the problem that women suffer from because they're the ones they're the carers the nurturers that's the sort of natural thing that we do and so what happens then is you can feel guilty can't you if you're taking care of yourself and spending a lot of time on yourself so spending a lot of time at the gym or if you work out at home at home prepping you're doing all your meal prep so because you're doing this show you're doing this meal prep but 
I encourage anyone to do meal prep. Even I still do meal prep, but I'm not doing a show. You know, you, totally. this is all stuff you're going to spend time on yourself. You know, and then there's the whole self care side of things as well, because at this stage in life, we need to be reducing our stress levels and getting more sleep. So all that's going to mean you're going to spend more time about on that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you do that, it's actually going to not only benefit your own health. It's going to benefit everybody around you because they need you to be healthy, don't they? They need you. Wouldn't you love it if your mother was still here because she spent some time taking care of herself? Yeah. And it wasn't for lack of me sharing it, you know, and I think that was really um, hard on me because this is a lifestyle I've lived for you know, over almost three decades. So it's, it's challenging for me when I know the answer, you know, and I want to share it and I want to impart it. And I think that's why connecting with your why is so important, you know, Um, whether your why is like you mentioned, getting back into your closet and wearing those jeans that you haven't been able to wear, or it's, you had a health scare you know, or you've got children and a family and, a you know, people that rely on you um, because they want you around, you know, and you want to be around, like everybody has their why and connecting with what their why is so that that is always there on their dashboard that that's like, okay, I can look at my phone and see what my why is. And that's why I'm going to get up and grind through the pain or grind through the discomfort and just get the work done because I know that this is going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a really strong reason why it's going to get through it. And my really strong reason why you would think it might be getting up and wearing a sparkly bikini on stage, but it's actually not. It's about longevity. Yeah. So for me, it's all the health things that you talked about, but I'm actually going to be going into old age. And so I want to be going into old age in the best of health because I want to enjoy it and I want to be there for my family. But I want to be, I want freedom. Freedom is one of the most fantastic things you can have. Mm, But, you know, if you can't travel because of your health, Oh, there's something with your health that's holding you back. It's not you're not going to be able to do the things that you want. You're that's it's it's not much of a life, is it? You want to enjoy your old age. Yes, I'm <laughs> like I I don't want to be like retired and bedridden. Like I want to be able to go out and see the world. Like you've worked your ass off. I'm I'm gonna get like yeah. excited right now. You've worked your ass off all these years, and then you're gonna get to the point where you can actually enjoy it, and you can't move. Like what fate yeah. is worse than that? Absolutely. Yeah, and there's no reason why you can't. When you look yeah. at some stories. Like you've got Ernestine Shepherd. Yeah. She's the world's, she's the oldest living bodybuilder, isn't she? I think she's, she's 85. unbelievable, isn't she? Yeah. So there's no reason why you can't. That That's a good sort of saying of mine that I talk about a lot as well. It's like, well, there's no reason why you can't do X, yeah. whatever it is you can. Yeah. A lot of the time it's, 
your own mind that's preventing you yeah one 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 thing because we're starting to run out of time but one thing that i do want to talk about is comparison um you know going into my first show i really don't have any expectations i i have worked really hard i i probably won't be as muscular or maybe as lean as everybody else but damn it like i'm proud of what i've done and i've just accepted that this is the first time i'm just gonna go in like with that in mind and live through the experience and live to tell about it you know but how do we avoid comparison in our day-to-day -day lives where we're looking at pictures of you and we're going well i want to look like that like i don't look like her or you know unfortunately we're scrolling we're seeing like 30 year olds and we're saying i don't look like her well no you don't look like her and why would you look like her you know how do we avoid that noise in our own heads that takes us off of our journey too i absolutely so the thing is you need to sort of be the best version of you and i get a lot of women contacting me saying I want to look like you. And of course, I'm absolutely flattered by that. And I think that's fantastic. But actually, what's a better way of looking at it for them is I just want to be the best version of me. Because you're never going to look like somebody else. Mm -hmm. You'll never, you know, and I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I've got probably, you know, lot, well, I know I've got lots of flaws with my physique, and I, I just live with them, but I probably just exude a lot of sort of confidence around it. Yeah. And so, you know, it might come across as, actually, I think I'm perfect when I'm not. And, you know, there's, there's lots of people that I admire, but I would never sort of think about, well, I want to be like them or look like them because I can only be the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same when you're on stage because when you're on stage, what you want to do is you want to just, I'm sure your posing coach has told you this, it's like it's bringing your best package yeah. and presenting it in the best way. And as long as you do that, you can't actually control anything else. You can't control, so you could, you could sort of, kind of transport that into real life really because you can't control everybody else all you can do is you can control yourself and present the best package of you and that's getting in the best of health if you're interested in, in sculpting your physique then then looking better and feeling better and being the best version of you is the best way of looking at it and if you can come to terms with that you're gonna have a much more successful journey than trying to compare yourself with others you know it's no good comparing yourself with others because it's just not the right mindset for getting through that kind of transformation journey yeah we are all uniquely made we're all individual masterpieces so why would you diminish that right absolutely yeah um i know that we will continue talking on more episodes because i have so many more questions and things that i want to ask you but um to close this one out i always ask my guests the same question if you could have any meal prepared by anyone what would it be well, I gotta say, my partner's saltfish and ackee, and it's not particularly healthy because he does these amazing fried dumplings. Ah. I might not. I shouldn't be talking to you about oh, this. Oh no, it's okay. Tell, 
Tell me while I eat my egg whites, Melissa. Okay. Yeah. So no. when I've just done a show, I crave, I say, can you cook this for me? And so it's a Jamaican dish. Um, Aki is kind of like a vegetable in the UK. We normally have it in cans, but they would have it fresh in, in Jamaica. And then the salt fish is kind of soaked and yeah, it, it's kind of all fried up. And then you have this kind of fried dumplings on the side and it's got this salty, really savory taste. They normally have it for breakfast. Mm. So that's usually my post show the next day in the morning for breakfast breakfast and in fact I think it was probably on my YouTube channel he cooks me that because I absolutely crave it and they probably have some fried plantain with it as well but that's not something I eat on a day-to-day -day basis or a week-to-week -week basis that's kind of a treat really Maria. yeah I love it well normally we live the 90-10 rule uh so 10% of the time we get to eat whatever the fork we want. And that's that's what keeps us in balance. Well, listen, it's Absolutely. been an absolute pleasure. I am so grateful that I found you, that I stalked you. I feel like you're a sister from an English mister. And uh, I'm really excited to see uh, your journey continue. Oh, thank you, Maria. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch, so it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot, and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life. I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.